0: Join Hear the Watchmen this April 5th through 8th in Dallas where you'll get to meet and listen to people like David Hefner, Tracy Tennant, J.B. Walden, David Paxton, and Derek Gilbert, as well as so many others that will help you on your spiritual journey as we look at the prophetic signs in the heavenlies. You will leave feeling more equipped and empowered, ready to face this world's future challenges with a strong faith and spiritual truth. Starting February 16th, you can get $20 off in-person tickets when you use the code DIGBIBLE all one word if you can't make it in person there'll be a live stream on demand option that using the same code you can get a ten dollar off discount if you do make it in person look us up we'd love to meet you we are a community and just like it says in matthew eighteen twenty, for where two or three are gathered in my name there i am among them together with god we can do amazing things in his name can't wait to see you there and keep on digging
1: My name is L.A. Marzilli. This is Dr. Aaron Judkins. This is Trey Smith. This is Ryan Peterson. This is Dr. Judd Burton. This is Timothy Albrino. This is Derek Gilbert, and you're listening to The Dig Bible Podcast.
0: Glad you made it. Come along for the ride as we search for hidden truth, explore historical context, and dig into God's Word to help us understand the past, present, and future of this supernatural world. This is Steve along with Justin and Ben. And you are listening to The Dig Bible Podcast.
2: To all the local guys and gals and long-distance pals, we're back.
0: We are back.
2: We're back. We're down Justin today.
0: I know. Y'all was
2: down me last time. It's
0: so hard to get all of us together, but my gosh, we get the show must go on, as we say. Oh, yeah. But absolutely love this. I love the time we get to spend together. Um... Especially in person. I know we have to do this remotely sometimes, but in person makes such a it, difference. It's,
2: it's much better. It is. I'm sure, the audio is probably better. And the and the bloopers, sure.
0: the bloopers are usually better too. <laughs> true,
2: true. So uh, we had a pretty good snow.
0: Oh, the snow was nuts.
2: I got run off the road. Some yahoo didn't want to get over and let me have a little bit of my own lane. So I ended up in the creek. But old stone wall there. I had the pool winch but no big deal. That's crazy though.
0: I know that it's been that weather was nuts. But I mean we didn't get mail for 10 days.
2: Yeah. Well yeah, it's funny cuz we're sitting here getting set up and Stephen goes, "What is that?" It's the UPS guy bringing all these Jeep parts I ordered. <laughs> Don't I tell heard, Keisha.
0: I haven't heard one of them them UPS trucks in a while. Yeah.
2: That yep, mailbox was full one day. I was like, oh, my goodness. No,
0: no, what's this?
2: They don't plow out here where we live, which I'll, is, it's it's kind of like, they don't salt, which is a good thing, because it's not tearing our cars up as bad.
0: And for the groundwater.
2: Yeah, but at at the same time, it's like, it takes forever. And all these little valleys, mm-hmm. which it looks like they come out here on our property, not property, but out to my house, out to where we're at, and they used a the road grader to finally actually able to scrape off the packed yeah. ice
0: right well, it looks better now everything's pretty much melted it went from negative eight the other morning last <laughs> week it was negative eight in it, my car. it was it was and then to like uh,
2: 60 degrees it, it was
0: 66 today
2: it's crazy it's and rainy yeah. so there's a little bit of snow left over where it was kind of piled up but That's about all it, the though. ground snow and everything it's gone yeah Thank the Lord. yeah, I hear you. Uh, well, I mean, you drove it today. You a drove, little Cherokee. Drove a little Cherokee. Oh man, long time.
0: Long time coming. Was
2: it been three three months? A little
0: little. We still got Ish. some. We still got some work to do. That's on fine,
2: it. but it's running. It's, it's it's running. It's tagged. It's tagged. It's it's running. it's legal. It's legal. exactly there you go. New tires. Legal. Yep. Yep. But I'm 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 trying to get them into the Jeep bug. I told my wife, I said, hey, honey, I don't do drugs. I might have a couple Jeeps, but I don't do drugs. And she told me, at this point, I think drugs would have been cheaper. (laughs) 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 It's pretty funny.
0: It is funny.
2: So anyhow, I guess I'm going to lead today's little episode. We're going to do Gog and Magog.
0: But let's start with prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for everything you've given us. Thank you for the time that we have together here. Help us try to reach the one person that needs to hear something of your word, Lord. Um, help us have that discernment as we look into your truth and and continue along the way. And, and Lord, just continue to bless everything that we do as you continue to, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So,
2: I'm not a studier. And the ones who are (laughs) long-time listeners probably knows this. I I come and I wing it. I don't don't do much preparing. I've never studied a day in my life. I guess I can't say that now. (laughs) So anyways, we're going to talk about Gog and Magog. Gog and Magog was written in Ezekiel it's found in two different places Ezekiel 38 and 39 and in revelations in revelations it's kind of it talks about it's more of in the millennial reign when the when the devil's let out of his cage after a thousand year reign mm-hmm. and he swarms up Gog and Magog which would be the uh as the best i heard it described would be you know the devil's he's chained and imprisoned the antichrist at this point and the beast they're already in in the burning flames of hell right <coughs> so the devil's let out so during this whole 1000 year reign we still have our freedom of choice But there's, like, the devil's not running around, you know, causing evil things and manipulating people like he does now. But people don't have to follow Jesus during this time. And it's so, when he comes in, it says like a whirlwind, it, I heard it like he's a magnet. And he draws the last of all the unbelievers to him for that last battle and so it it clearly defines the sides. You know, it's not guerrilla warfare. It it would be like a conventional war. You know who the enemy is by now.
0: Old school British, you're standing in lines on either yeah, side.
2: Right. Well, well, th- yeah, you're standing in you lines, but we're yeah. just kind of like take care of it. <laughs> <coughs> <clears>
0: throat>
2: throat> I'm a little sick, so we'll we'll get through this though. But anyways, so we're focusing more on Ezekiel. So Ezekiel was written about scholars say about 2550 years ago. And at that point, obviously today's world that we live in, they would have no idea about, right? So um we'll we'll read a couple verses here and then we'll uh Dive into it, and then continue on.
0: Chapter 38. This is another message that came to me from the Lord. Son of man, turn and face Gog of the land of Magog, the prince who rules over the nations of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. Give him this message from the sovereign Lord. Gog, I am your enemy. I will turn you around and put hooks in your jaws to lead you out with your whole army, your horses and your charioteers in full armor, and a great horde armed with shields and swords. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya will join you too with all of their weapons. Gomer and all of its armies will also join you, along with the armies of Beth Torgama from the distant north and many others.
2: Okay, so to, to break this down, we need to know who we're talking about, right? Gog from the land of Magog so Gog's a person or identity or a title okay and then Magog if you look and do your research Genesis 10 lays out they say Genesis 10 is like the table
0: table of nations
2: of nations yeah so Magog they say is the furthest north and by the word of god when you hear directions, picture the map with Israel in the center. So everything east is everything east of Israel. Everything west, north, and south, the same, right? So Magog says it's the, the far land north. So what's north of Israel? Russia. So Magog is of Russian territories, People say it went from all the way from Ukraine all the way to China. So that's a, you know, that's pretty much like the Soviet Union ish, right? Okay. So Magog, the Magog is actually a person. It is Noah's great grandson, and he's the son of Japheth. Okay. And it was the second son born of Japheth. I've got written down. Um,. And it, you know, I've got written down, it was north of the Black Sea, which is close, you know, the area of the Soviet Republic, okay? And then Persia, Persia was still considered Persia, which I thought this fascinating, all the way up till 1935. And they they changed the name to Iran. So Persia is Iran. Iran attacking Israel, we can kind of... Yeah, they want to do that. It's not a stretch. Yeah, Yeah, not not a stretch at all. So, my thing is Russia, why Russia? Okay, but we'll get back to that. Okay, then you have Ethiopia, which that was like Cush's relatives. Cush and all them kind of settled in Ethiopia, which is south of Egypt, partly, and it's partly Ethiopian, partly Sudan or Sudan and they're already allies with Iran and Russia. Libya, which is the only country that still maintains its ancient name, which I guess Ethiopia kind of does too, but it's not it's not all of Ethiopia at this point. By now, you know, I guess borders kind of changed. Um and it's uh they're allies with Russia and Iran also. Gomer the area of Gomer is Poland, the Czech Republic, and East Germany. And a, a recent history, I guess we'll say, World War II, shows us, I mean, because these, these are mostly Catholic and Christian countries, right? But it shows us how anti-Semitic they can be because they were swayed with Hitler, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And Beth Tagarma is modern-day Turkey. Also, and it also makes up of uh, Turkestan. Yeah, Armenia. Okay. So, with that, we're going to go to the... I looked up to kind of get the, the local, the the recent... Who believes in what stats? Okay, Russia. Kind of guess forty-one percent are Orthodox Christians, which are Catholic-ish, right? Six per six point three percent are Christian. because uh, it said other Christians, so I would assume more like traditional, just Bible Christians, right? Not for say a de- denomination. Okay. And 6.5 is Muslim, okay, which the Muslims, we obviously understand why they would want to attack the Jews. Okay, Persia, which is obviously Iran, they are 99.4% Muslim, of course, right? But the kicker is they are 90 to 95% Shia Muslims and only 5 to 10% Sunni Muslims. If anybody knows anything about the Shiites and the Muslims is they're not fond of each other.
0: The, the, the Shiites
2: and the Sunni. Yeah, or yeah, I said the Shiites and the Muslims. yeah, Shiites and the Sunnis they're not they're not fond of each other, okay? Ethiopia, or 31 percent believes in Islam. it didn't really say 4four percent's the Catholics and then only one percent's Christian. Libya is 95% Sunni Muslim and Germany, so the Gomar people, Germany is um 20% Christian, 4% Islam and then 30% Catholic.
0: So Poland, I just, just want to say before we go too far when well, we're saying this and you're saying Christian, you're just talking about other Christian other than Catholic. Correct. We're not Correct. saying Catholics aren't Christian. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cat.
2: Yeah. Obviously, Catholics are Christians. But other. But it's
0: the Catholic Church is the largest Christian organization in yeah. the world. So and Christian, and the and
2: things Christian. that's come out lately are a little questionable. OK, but we'll bring that up later also. OK. And then, so they're 20% Christian, 4% Islam, Muslim, 30% Catholic. Poland is 72% Catholic. It didn't really say much. The rest were kind of like whatever. But the Czech Republic kind of is interesting. They are only 9% Catholic, 2% Christian, but 48% believe in nothing. So they're they're like an open book, right? Okay, um, Turkey and let's see here. Turkey is ninety eight percent Muslim Sunni Muslims. Turkestan is ninety three percent Sunni Muslims and six percent Christian. And the Armani- Arma- Armenians, Armenians, uh, Armenians. Oh my goodness! They yeah. are seventy two percent Catholic, right? So the question that that got me thinking when I was reading this, and why would Russia, who's mostly Catholic, I mean they're they're not Jewish, but we kind of are running. We're we're running almost parallel with each other. We believe in the same God. We just believe Jesus died for us, where the Jews don't believe Jesus was the Son of God. He was just a prophet. But we're kind of running parallel with each other, right? And all these other nations that are mostly Catholic. Obviously, the the Muslim countries, we get that, right? The Muslims and the Jews have always been fighting. Okay. <clears throat> and then... I just kind of thinking about the Catholic Church and the way things have been going the what the stuff that we believe is not right abortion you know same sex marriage the trans stuff all that all that stuff I'm trying to be
0: I want everybody to know yeah. this is politically correct as Ben will ever be
2: Yeah yeah I'm I'm trying to be nice okay
0: so, Because God wants us to be.
2: Right. I don't think, I mean, you do what you want to, that's our free will from God, but it's not right. With that being said.
0: We're not the judge.
2: Right. With that being said, why would the Russians and the other Catholic countries want to join and then attack Israel? It just—I mean, maybe stuff will change, and the, uh, and we're not to that point yet, which is what I think. Okay, um, but it, it's just kind of interesting, right, to look at how things are going. Which my thought would be, if you would have a one-world leader, who would it be? If you just went, would it be the president of the United States? Would it be this? Would it be that? The Pope, and what's the Pope? The leader of the Catholic Church, right? So that might be later on in the future, they kind of make a one-world peace agreement with Israel.
0: I think you got it. It's possible. You but know what I mean? I think you got to look at it like this, too, though. Is you, you used Hitler as an example right. before. 10% of the Nazi Party actually agreed with Hitler. True. True. 90% of people that followed what Hitler said was out of fear. Right. And that's also out of fear. Right. And that's the majority of the population. If they rose up and went against him, they probably could have overtaken him. But because of the control that Hitler had with the fear, because fear is the ultimate controller. If we've learned anything in the last four years, we see that fear is used to control people.
2: Well, it's been longer than four years. Well, the last seven. Well, this this cuz even i mean not to get political with it but the, the current... once they started attacking trump and started attacking all this lgbt stuff coming out and the the me too movement not saying that that's not you know obviously if certain things happen to you you need to speak out but you almost get it to where it's like i am uncomfortable in, sun, in a Sunday school class with a bunch of girls because I'm afraid someone might say something, which is ridiculous because I'm not, you know, I'm, I have no desire to do anything to that extent, but it just has to take at this point. It's, it's, so he, you just have to say something. He
0: said, she said,
2: he said, he, he, whatever, touched me, looked at me, whatever, and your life is gone. And, but anyways, so, but yeah, you're right. The, the fear and, and it's, I guess in the military from, for me, it's easy. If you are a, I will say a sheep, a weak person, it's easy to control them. You know, someone who has a strong character and you can tell someone who has a weak character, not saying You know, you're a horrible person because you have a weak character. But you can tell, and then if you want to do harm, you can advance on that knowledge that you, you receive from their actions. But anyways, so the whole Russia and Iran debacle we've seen recently, right? So Russia has helped Iran with nuclear weapons, and has scientists in Iran, and Iran has been sending weapons to Russia to help in the use with fighting Ukraine. That's known, known knowledge. Okay, Obama made a deal with Iran, and we gave them, or freed by sanctions, $100 billion, right? And sent on a plane $1.8 billion in the dark at night once, I can't remember the day or whatever. Um, why Why did this happen? I don't know, right? And then they're, they're saying that Iran used that money to fund Hamas to attack Israel. That was the money that, and Iran is feeding Hamas, which is Palestine, which is, during this research, interesting, because it's the land of Canaan, who Israel at the very beginning was supposed to wipe out. Mm-hmm. Or at least shoo away and not be a part of, but yet they intermarried and stuff. And it's been a thorn in their side ever since. Well, um,
0: anytime you don't follow what God says. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah.
0: There's a repercussion.
2: For sure. And, I mean, that's I mean, look at it. Look at Judges. I mean, the whole Old Testament, it's just, oh, God, please help us. Ah, We're going to go do this. God, please help us. But, uh, and Iran also, they're the largest sponsor of terrorism, which we all know that. And for the people who don't know, Iran openly calls us the great Satan, the United States. And he calls Israel the little Satan. So that's how bad they hate us, right? Okay, so moving along. (laughs) All right, so we're going to start with, we're going to get back in verse 7.
0: Get ready, be prepared, keep all the armies around you mobilized and take command of them. A long time from now, you will be called into action. In the distant future, you will swoop down on the land of Israel, which will be enjoying peace after recovering from war and after its people have returned from many lands to the mountains of Israel. You and all your allies, a vast, awesome army, will roll down on them like a storm and cover the land like a cloud. This is what the Sovereign Lord says, At that time, evil thoughts will come to your mind, and you will devise a wicked scheme. You will say Israel is an unproducted land filled with unwalled villages. I will march against her and destroy these people who live in such confidence. I will go to these formerly desolate cities that are now filled with people who have returned from exile in many nations. I will capture vast amounts of plunder for the people are rich with livestock and other possession now. They think the whole world revolves around them, but Sheba, Dedan, and the merchants of Tarshish We'll ask, do you really think the armies that you have gathered can rob them of silver and gold? Do you think you can drive away their livestock and seize their goods and carry off plunder?
2: Okay, we're going to stop right there. We're then go to the New King James Version because it, it reads a little different. So verse 13, Sheba, Dedan, and the merchants of Tarshish. And then it has more. It says, and all their young lions... Will say to you, okay. So now the question is, what does it mean by young lions, and who is Tarsius, okay, and and the other two? So the other two, Sheba and Adan, were on the Arabian Peninsula, which is now Saudi Arabia, okay. And what's funny about this is Egypt's not mentioned. And what was Egypt? At In the old days, Egypt was like Israel's great enemy. They were always fighting Egypt. But what's going on, what's today? Egypt and Israel has a peace agreement. And uh, Israel right now is working with Saudi Arabia on a peace agreement and it said that they're pretty close in making that if they haven't already. So, that says, okay, that that would be why Saudi Arabia, they're a Muslim country. You know, know what I mean? And so's Egypt, really. So, why would them two not be in the battle with all the other Muslim countries around them? You know, other countries has to go through or around Egypt, you know, Ethiopia and all that. To get to them. I mean, Saudi Arabia's kind of kicked off on their own little, they got the seas on both sides of them, so, or straits, whatever you want to call it. Um, So, that leaves Tarsus. okay? Does anybody remember Tarshish is mentioned in the Bible already somewhere else? Do you know where? Dun, dun, dun.
0: I'm waiting with bated breath.
2: Noah. Not Noah Jonah. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I'm looking right at it. It's got a J. Jonah. Okay. So Jonah, when Jonah when God told him to go to Nineveh, he's like, "Heck no. I ain't going to talk to them people. I hate them." Whatever, right? So he bought a ticket and was going to Tarshish. When the great storm come and everybody's freaking out, and Jonah's finds like, "Hey, it's me!" and they threw him overboard, and the whale well ate him, or the giant fish. Okay, so, but where is Tarsus? Okay, Greek historians, um, and I've got actual Greek historian Herodotus says Tarsus is beyond the pillars of Hercules. Do you know where the Pillars of Hercules is? <coughs> the Pillars of Hercules is the gateway of the Mediterranean Sea from the Atlantic Ocean. They called that the the Gateway of Hercules, okay, it, or Pillars of Hercules. Um, and it also they said the the island of Tarsus was the main source of tin that the ancient world got their their tin from. Okay. And, you know, say 500 years from now, Britain was pretty much the powerhouse country in the world at that time. They had the largest Navy fleet. They controlled all the oceans, went wherever they wanted. And they... Started little colonies everywhere, right? So, the historians are saying that the young lions would be the ancient colonies of Britain, which Australia, the land of Australia, was a co- it was actually a, it was a prison, a prison, but they are one of the colonies, and and Australia. In most modern wars, Australia is, well, they're an ally with America, but they, they send quite a bit of their troops. Like when I was in Iraq, the Aussies were over there drinking beer and we were drinking water. Poor guy. I mean, it was a, it was a nightmare. But, <laughs> but anyways, so the United States, obviously, you know, the 13 colonies, and then Canada which is still kind of tied a little bit. They're their own country, but they're still kind of tied to Great Britain. So, because I was wondering, and I'm sure a lot of people wonder, right now, America is the largest, we're the only superpower in the world. As of now. Russia's close and China's close, but we can go anywhere we want. We have... The largest navy by far. We have the largest, I wouldn't say not the largest army per person, because that's China. But we have the largest fighting capability. You know, China can put a lot of, they can throw a lot of men at you. But we have all, the the most advanced technology and the most advanced military that the world has. Right? I mean, we got fifth-gen fighters, Russia and China has some, but they're kind of iffy. They're having a lot of trouble with theirs. And our F-22s and F-35s are just dominating. So, it's like, I mean, the the Bible's predicted all this stuff, but why aren't we mentioned? But we are. We're just subtly mentioned, right? Because And, and we're still a young country. That so almost makes you wonder: Are we gonna make it long? You know what I mean? We might. We might. Uh, you know, we're that weed that shot up real fast and strong, but we might die off pretty quick too. So I think, that's especially the way things are going.
0: A good point though is that you you look at this, and we have to always remember that when this the Bible's written, <clears throat> and we're looking at prophetical end times thing, everything centers around Israel. Oh yeah. So yeah. The, it, we're nothing, it, really. It comes down to them. So when when it comes to our country or any other country in this planet, we got to remember that end times prophecy centers around Israel.
2: Well, enters Israel's the, there is God's elect.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We're we're pretty. I mean, we're Christians, and I heard it said this way: like when Jesus Christ come and He died, it's almost as if, not necessarily say God set Israel aside. But he kind of set them aside on the table. It's still there. Like, he's still watching them, you know. But it's the time of the church until the rapture. And then his all his attention goes back to Israel, you know. And it also makes you wonder, was America even here? Were we even alive during this? Were we even a country? You know, like I said before. So, anyways, so... Let's see, where do we leave off?
0: Therefore, son of man, prophesy against God. Give him this message from the sovereign Lord. When my people are living in peace in their land, then you will rouse yourself. You will come from your homeland in the distant north with your vast cavalry and your mighty army, and you will attack my people Israel, covering their land like a cloud. At that time in the distant future, I will bring against you my land as everyone watches. And my holiness will be displayed by what happens to you, Gog. Then all nations will know that I am the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord asks. Are you the one I was talking about long ago when I announced through Israel's prophets that in the future I would bring you against my people? But this is what the sovereign Lord says. When Gog invades the land of Israel, my fury will boil over. In my jealousy and blazing anger, I promise a mighty shaking in the land of Israel on that day. All living things, the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and the animals of the field, and the small animals that scurry along the ground, and all the people on earth will quake in terror at my presence. Mountains will be thrown down, cliffs will crumble, walls will fall to the earth. I will summon the sword against you on all the hills of Israel, says the Sovereign Lord. Your men will turn their swords against each other. I will punish you and your armies with disease and bloodshed. I will send torrential rain, hailstones, fire, and burning sulfur. In this way, I will show my greatness and holiness, and I will make myself known to all the nations of the world. Then they will know that I am the Lord.
2: Is that not crazy? I mean, that's like anger true anger, right? Okay. So, I don't want to be on the receiving end of that. No. Right? No. By by no means. Okay. So, we we kind of got the gist of the battle, right? So, so pretty much they're going to they're going to Gog, whoever Gog might be. We're going getting that here in a second. And and his allies that he's made Are going to come on to Israel, and then God himself will step in and end it, right? So, the question is, who might Gog be? Okay, so we're going to take a little sidebar. We're going to go to Amos 7, 1 through 3, and it's going to be kind of vague right now. So it's kind of funny, the language also. The sovereign Lord showed me a vision. I saw him preparing to send a vast swarm of locusts over the land. This was after the king's share had been harvested from the fields as the main crop was growing up. In my vision, the locust ate every green plant in sight. Then I said, O oh, Sovereign Lord, please forgive us or we will not survive for Israel is so small. So the Lord relented from his plan. I will not do it, he said. Why is that even in the Bible? If he, if he told, that the Sovereign Lord told Amos... You know what? This is what this is what's gonna happen, and Amos says, "Please, Lord, please, please don't." And he says, "All right, I won't." Why? Like, there's we're we're kind of still puzzled, right? So, translation in Greek in two fifty or two eighty five BC, the Lord hath shown me, and behold. A swarm of locusts were coming, and behold, one of the young, devastating locusts was Gog the king. So, our version is translated from Hebrew to this, right? And, I can't remember, was Constantine around? No, it's the new King James. Or, or King James wanted the Bible translated into Greek, right? Which ours tra- ours is translated into English, right? But when he translated it into Greek, there, his translation people in Greek, from Hebrew to Greek, they translated it with a swarm of locusts were coming and behold... One of the young devastating locusts was Gog the king, okay? That's just some of the research that I found, so it's a little it's obviously different, but there's i mean does is this salvational no right? It's just informational, right? So then we're gonna go to proverbs thirty verse twenty seven okay. It says, Locusts have no king, but they march in formation. Right? Which is odd. Let's go to the New King James with the same verse. It says, the locusts have no king, yet they advance in ranks. Right? So it's saying the yoke the the locusts here. Have no ranks and no king, but yet, in the translation here to Greek before in Amos, it's saying these locusts have a king, which is named Gog. So it's almost they're using the same word locust, but it's not like the the term locust isn't the animal that eats stuff, okay? Revelations 9, this is like a little sidebar. Revelations 9, look at it for me.
0: Revelation 9
2: 1 through 12
0: is what I. The fifth trumpet brings the first terror. Then the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen to earth from the sky, and he was given a key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. And when he opened it, smoke poured out as though, a huge, as though from a huge furnace, and the sunlight and the air turned dark from the smoke. Then the locusts came from the smoke and descended on the earth, and they were given power to sting like scorpions. And they were told not to harm the grass or plants or trees, but only the people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were told not to kill them, but to torture them for five months with pain like the pain of a scorpion sting. In those days, people will seek death, but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. The locusts looked like horses prepared for battle. They had what looked like gold crowns on their head, and their faces looked like human faces, and they had hair like a woman's hair and teeth like the teeth of a lion, and they wore armor made of iron, and their wings roared like an army of chariots rushing into battle. They had tails that stung like scorpions, and for five months they had the power to torment people. Their king is the angel from the bottomless pit, and his name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek, Apollyon the destroyer. The first terrorist passed, but look, two more terrors are coming. Is that not interesting?
2: Like, you have a king, a leader of locusts here, right? So I just found this interesting. It Does it pertain, does it not pertain? In Revelations 20, verse 8, which it's the defeat of Satan, it says... <coughs> He will go out to deceive the nations called Gog and Magog in every corner of the earth he will gather them up together for battle a mighty army a numberless or er, as numberless as the sand along the seashore so the question is who is Gog is he a person or is he like a demon king, a demon, you know, a demon entity behind the leader of Russia, or, you know, as here is would be Satan in Revelations. Um, It explains why, which what I was getting at is this kind of explains why you see them at both before. Like, it's not the same person because they were destroyed in Ezekiel in the first Gog and Magog battle. But yet, Gog reappears and Magog as saying the army that was once before gathered again. You know, if you have an army and you went to war and half your army died and you recruited more people, you still have an army. You don't have half an army, mm-hmm. right? The ones that the army, the the soldiers... They're not really, they're more like a number, you know, and then the leader. So, <clears throat> but that, the revelations that we read here, that's the millennial reign. That's at the end of that, right? Yeah. So, it's kind of like the king of Tyre. You know, where you're ca- you're talking to the person king, but you're, God is also talking in that case, to the demon behind them.
0: The principality behind them. Right. It, yeah.
2: So, so with this, it's like if it happened tomorrow, Russia, you know, Putin is Russia's, for say, king, president, whatever he is, you know, supreme leader, whatever, whatever his title is, right? But what's the demon, you know, he's Catholic, or I don't know him personally, but why would he want to attack Israel right now? you know it would have to be like you said before you know they're deceived somehow mm-hmm. what you know it would have to be some kind of evil force behind them driving them that way
1: hey listeners it's nick from Kevlar Joe's coffee company i want to invite you to try something new here at Kevlar Joe's Coffee Company, we have a bold and slow-roasted coffee that is 100% organic and ethically sourced. There are no pesticides or fungicides from the plantations we import our coffee from, and it's all single source too. We have light, medium, and dark roast. Even decaf coffee as well to satisfy whatever kind of coffee you drink. We also have a variety of flavor coffees for you to try, including our hazelnut and apple pie flavor coffees, which are both big sellers. You can order our coffee at www.kevlarjoes.com. You can also follow us at Facebook, Instagram, or X for Kevlar Joe News deals and your daily dose of coffee related memes so make sure to like and follow our pages and i'll leave you with this listener the world isn't a safe place right now and it seems like it's always teetering on the edge but don't forget like it says in matthew 5:14, you are the light of the world a city that is set on a hill and cannot be hid let your light shine before all man that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven so be bold be humble and be kevlar
0: And well, that's what you said and when, when you showed this, when you started this, you talk about that Gog is sent to deceive. Right. All that's there. And, and it's the same thing. We look at this with um, that Deuteronomy 32, you know, worldview. We've talked about this a bunch of times. The sons of God. Right. When when. God says he put um, the sons of God in power over the different nations. You know, he numbered the nations according to the sons of God. We have all those nations there. We have all those ones. And we see plainly, like in Daniel, we see the prince of Persia, that principality, the prince of Persia and the prince of Grecia both being obviously bad. They're fighting uh, against an angel. Um, and it, the archangel Michael had to come to actually allow that angel to get through to Daniel right so there is these principalities the ones that uh, we see that they've they've obviously <coughs> fallen away but these are ones that are evil principalities that have been in, in charge but you see apollyon when it's talking about this he was sent to the bottomless pit right this is this is when he's released this is when this evil, entity this evil uh principality this evil power you know we talk about that ephesians uh you know you fight not against flesh and blood and this is what we're talking about it's it's these entities and these entities he's going to come out and he is truly it makes sense the way that you break that down through the locusts and all those types of things that he's the one that's going to be running the show behind the scenes
2: right it, it's it's yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so, we're going to... That, yeah, that was the end of 38, right? So, we're going to move to 37, or 39. <laughs> we're going backwards. No, we're going 39. And uh, this is kind of like... It It talks about what happens at the end time, you know, after the war. Um. What, you know, how he defeats him, and then what happens afterwards. So... I guess start at verse one and then we'll yep. I'll catch you off when we
0: You tell is there a verse you want to cut off at? I don't know yet. Well
2: <laughs> I mean I have stuff written
0: Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Yes. Chapter thirty-nine we're, we're, The Slaughter of Gog's Hordes. Son of man, prophesy against Gog. Give him this message from the sovereign Lord. I am your enemy, O Gog, ruler of the nations of Meshach and Tubal. I will turn you around and drive you towards the mountains of Israel, bringing you from the distant north. I will knock down the bow from your left hand and the arrows from your right hand, and I will leave you helpless. And you and your army and your allies will all die on the mountains. I will feed you to the vultures and wild animals, and you will fall in the open fields, for I have spoken, says the sovereign Lord." And I will rain down fire on Magog and all of your allies who are, who live safely on the coasts. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Okay.
2: So we don't have arrows and bows anymore. I mean, I'm sure, you know, hunters have them, but we're not going to war with arrows and bows and horses and shields and swords. Right. And chariots. So, I researched this. So, in the, we'll say like the bow, right? Right here, the bow, the Greek word is kashith, which means launcher. Oh, that makes sense. A bow launches the arrow, okay? An arrow is a shets, okay? And that. The translation means a piercing missile. Now translate that in today's world. What would a launcher be and what would a piercing missile be? Obviously launchers and missiles. Right? Okay. I mean he's writing in his time.
0: An RPG. An RPG. There a, you baz- go. a bazooka. <laughs> A
2: horse is a SOS, S-O-O-S, which translates to a leaper, right? So when the purpose of Calvary would be you can take your horse and jump over, which obviously the body mass of the horse is also at your advantage, but you can jump over like the shielded wall, and then now you're in their ranks, the horse is doing damage, which is why they started arming, you know, putting armor on the horses mm-hmm. to keep them as live as you as long as you could, and then obviously they're slinging their swords or spears or um, whatever they have, right, lances and stuff like that. Okay, which for for the horse, the Seuss, the leaper, I actually wrote down. It's from the root word to skip, which I found that interesting. And in Jeremiah eight, chapter eight, verse seven, the same word is translated to bird. And in Exodus nine or fourteen nine, it's translated to chariot, which I found, you know, I don't see a chariot being a leaper, but that's what it translated it mm-hmm. to, right?
0: Well, you think about it when it talks about those other, it says that the locust wings will sound like the roaring of chariots.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, imagine a bunch of horses, you know, coming at, advancing on you. Okay. But
0: think of the, the like you're talking about the cavalry. We're seeing this, you're seeing a, 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 a large group of, of, something armored something big something coming at you i mean it could be referencing i mean if you're looking at this stuff this is we got to look at this too when we're looking at um ezekiel or we're looking at um you know uh, uh, revelation right we're looking at that translation that those things those guys did not have the point of reference that we do now right they're yeah, looking at something in a vision and they're describing it the absolute best way they can right Yeah, I mean, and and they
2: could even, the way I look at it, is their vision could have still been a whole armies of chariots and marching soldiers coming down and attacking Israel. It's a vision. It's saying this giant army is coming to attack little Israel. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean something in the world's going to happen and— we ha- lost all of our technology and uh, we're running around I, on horses and have swords again. I
0: know what you mean, but if you look at the, the context in revelation, when it's talking about the locust having right. long hair and yeah. the sounds and all these things, they're obviously describing something that they've never seen before. Yeah. I you're,
2: understand that in revelation. So yes. you're
0: looking at that as like, they're looking at the future, trying to describe trying to it. describe something they're seeing, which is it truly a creature? Is it, uh, uh, are they talking about some kind of helicopter? Are they talking? I mean, who knows? But when you're when you're looking at this in a vision, and and you're back, to, oh yeah, uh, twenty five hundred years ago, what? trying to uh, trying to describe. If I go back twenty five hundred years and I try to describe what a tank looks like or what it is, right, or a helicopter or an yeah. airplane, I'm gonna be like uh, a
2: tank. I mean, the word like that's why I was getting into the words. You know, a horse means a leaper. Right, something that, that's moving, something that's
0: Can get ad- over.
2: advancing forward. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, a sword is a cherub, which I thought this was funny, because a cherubim, you know, like we talked about in Genesis, the cherubim standing there guarding, waving his sword back and forth, mm-hmm. is a destroying instrument. So a sword could be anything. Guns, bazookas, whatever. <laughs> bazookas. Right. Anything that destroys, <laughs> right? <laughs> And this sounded fun, or this was interesting. So, the proper word for a chariot is a Merkava, which is the name of Israel's tank.
0: <laughs> That's actually pretty cool.
2: You know what I mean? That's pretty and cool. And they say that Israel's tank is the most advanced tank in the world right now. <coughs> so... I was just wanting to throw that in because it's, you know, it's not necessarily talking about actual bows, actual arrows, actual swords and horses and chariots during the battle. Mm -hmm. Right. You've got there. It's it's I think the Hebrew language is amazing because as we'll get later, like you have numbers that mean stuff. It don't necessarily mean a number. That, that number, it has meaning behind it also. Yeah. So, verse 7, sir.
0: In this way, I will make known my holy name among my people of Israel. I will not let anyone bring shame on it. And the nations, too, I will know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. That day of judgment will come, says the Sovereign Lord. Everything will happen just as I as I have declared it. Then the people in the towns of Israel will go out and pick up your small and large shields, your bows and arrows, javelins and spears, and they will use them for fuel. There will be enough of them to last seven years, and they won't need to cut wood from their fields or forests, for these weapons will give them all the fuel they need. They will plunder those who plan to plunder them, and they will rob those who plan to rob them, says the Sovereign Lord.
2: Okay, so... Once again, shields and arrows, weapons of war, right? So, if we're talking about actual bows and arrows and swords, metal don't really burn, do you think you could burn them for seven years? I mean, how many bows and arrows, right? Or are we talking about something in modern day world, That can be used as a weapon or fuel. We'll get to that a little bit in a minute. (laughs) Dun 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 dun. Where you at? Nine.
0: Eleven. Eleven. Yeah. And I will make a vast (laughs) graveyard for Gog and his hordes in the valley of the travelers east of the Dead Sea, and it will block the way of those who travel there. And they will change the name of the place to the valley of Gog's hordes. And it will take seven months for the people of Israel to bury the bodies and cleanse the land. Everyone in Israel will help, for it will be a glorious victory for Israel when I demonstrate my glory on that day, says the Sovereign Lord. After seven months, teams of men will be appointed to search the land for skeletons to bury, so the land will be made clean again. Whenever bones are found, a marker will be set up so that burial crews will take them to the buried in the valley of gog's hordes there will be a town there named hemoa which means horde and so the land will finally be cleansed okay and,
2: oh. so we we we're, we're coming a bunch like once like i said earlier we you know the numbers have separate meanings also right so you have 7 months and 7 years right so We'll go back to the seven months, okay? It says, let's see here. Um, it will take seven months for the people of Israel to bury the bodies and cleanse the land. Everyone in Israel will help, for it will be glorious victory, right? But it also says, after, after seven months, teams of men will be appointed, so they will be hired, right? Right? to search the land for skeletons to bury, but it says whenever they are found, a marker will be set beside the bones, not to touch the bones, to put a marker on it, right? So, (coughs) a theory would be, which this ties back into the seven years, So it's the same kind of weapon possibly used right so what kind of weapon would you need special people to clean up and you can use for fuel Uh,
0: something nuclear
2: a nuclear weapon right so which obviously like we said they don't know what nukes are okay they're talking about you don't have to cut trees down for your fires to cook with or whatever, right? You don't go home and make a fire in your oven before you cook your pizza or your lovely wife making the apple pie. Oh, that's so good, <laughs> right? But <coughs> okay. So I've heard it both ways. Either everybody cleans up for the first 7 months, right? And then after that, as people are traveling and doing their things, they find some bones. And they place a marker for the paid, you know, paid people to come by and collect them bones and bury them. Or, they wait seven months, possibly because of nuclear fallout or whatever, right? And then, as you travel and you see bones, not to touch them because they're nuclearly infected, in it's not the word, but whatever. So you would just place them. I'm sure everybody would, here's markers if you find something mark it. Would mark it, and then a special crew that has the equipment to isolate it, take care of it, and get rid of it would do so. Right? The spot that they're going to bury them, it says, would be... Let's see, it would be downwind from, it, the, it's east of the Dead Sea, which would be downwind of Israel, so it would be kind of, it's not blowing back on them, right? <coughs> and if you used the leftover nuclear material for power plants or whatever, you might get power for seven years before you have to create your own power. Just to kind of bring it in modern day. I don't know. Obviously, no one knows. But that's just a speculation, right? Because you have, if you think about it, what does Russia have? What What's the biggest fear of Russia? They're going to use their nukes. And now what's Iran working towards? Making nukes. You know, and then it's, uh-oh, if Rus- if Iran has nukes, what's going to happen, right? Right? But if God steps in and defeats them before they can even use their nukes. There it is. It's over. But there's another theory. Okay.
0: Can we go before we get there? You were just talking about the seven years and the seven (laughs) months. You were talking about the timetable. Right, which you know, we we all know, like you look, you can look at Chernobyl or something like that right now, and that's been years and years. Yeah, it's definitely
2: longer than seven months. It's definitely longer
0: as far as fallout. If this was truly something that was nuclear, then you got to say, in biblical terms, when we look at you know the the seven days of creation, um, we can look at so many different things. It means completion. It means the it has come full circle. So we have to know that like when we talk about the 70 nations or we talk about the 70 sons of God, any of these things, it is it means all of them.
2: I got something 70 for you. Oh, boy. So in all this for all this to happen. Right. Israel has to be Israel. OK, so Israel was defeated around 40 AD. They were destroyed. Right. It wasn't until after World War II was Israel had a proper nation again, right? So that would be, um, that would take care of the first, it's 1948 was when that happened. First thing, Israel has to be a place, right? There's, there's kind of three things that has to mm-hmm. happen, okay? So Israel has to be a place. Because from what 40 AD or 70 AD, I can't for some reason that number, and it might be because we were saying 70s. Why well, 70s in my head? Around not long after Jesus died, Israel was conquered and was no longer a nation, and their people were scattered, right? And it says that Israel has to become a nation, and all their people will come back and gather, and then they'll prosper. Because they have all these riches, right? So, with that being said, the step number two is Israel has to be profitable, right? Israel, right now, is the third most innovated country in the world. They beat us, right? I can't remember. I didn't write it down what the other two were, the first two. But,
0: I wonder what they're measuring that off of. Like what is that?
2: Just what they produce, their production. Their I mean, yes, Israel has to have food, I think, you know, shipped into yeah. them and stuff like that. Okay. You can set and then the third one's they have to be at peace, right? Mm-hmm. But I've heard from what my research that I've done is it's kind of a mixed I'm hearing it both ways. Like, well, Israel is at peace, right? I mean, yeah, they have the Iron Dome, so they're kind of at peace. I mean, yeah, people are always attacking them, but they have the backing of the United States. Like, they're not not—they're not the scared dog chained to the tree, but they're not the dog running wild in the farm pasture either, right? But at the same time, it says there's no walls. And Israel
0: still has walls, but but as far as peace, if you look biblically, <coughs> peace in the Bible, when they were at peace, they were truly at peace,
2: right? And and they're not, and they're not, and that's so. So I don't think third has happened yet. So, but at the same time, every country has joined Russia, except one. You know which which one that is, Turkey. Turkey is trying its hardest to join the UN. They Mm -hmm. want to be part of the UN. It almost happened, and then Ireland said, no, this agreement's no good. So they couldn't let them. But for years and years, Turkey's been trying to join the UN. So are they getting tired of it? And then they say, you know what, fine, we're going to go over here with Russia. Because it's one or the other, really, you know. An alliance. And then with all this kind of the the, the nuclear weapons, the everything happening like it is, right? <coughs> so like I, I've got here, everybody's in position except for Turkey. Um, a lot of people think this is going to happen after the rapture. So, and I heard it. This put this way, and it makes perfect sense. You know when Jesus is coming back. We will know that. But how? When the Antichrist signs the declaration of peace with Israel, seven years from then, Christ will return. So whenever he signs it, the time clock starts. But once again, we're at the seven. Is it the completion of everything that unfolds? Or is it a true seven years? Now they say Israel lives in peace for the first three and a half. But are they using three and a half as middle way? And then the actual hard part of tribulation happens. You know, they're saying half. Yeah. Of the end from when this and this happens. It might be 500 years but they're saying from the beginning to the end, at the end Christ will come, but when the Antichrist signs this treaty with Israel will be the beginning. And then in the middle, everything changes when they build their temple, and he sits in it and disgraces it. And then, you know, so (coughs) we're back at that. But what's interesting is... Israel was declared a nation May 14th 1948 Donald Trump declared that Jerusalem, God's city, is the capital of Israel May 14th 19 or 2018 70 years later just found that interesting. That's interesting. Like 70 years to the day, it wasn't June, whatever. It wasn't July 1st or January 1st or whatever. It was on the day Donald Trump declared Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, right? <clears throat> so. Kinda, kinda to come back around. Where are we in this, right? Because we're the most powerful country right now, but we're not mentioned anywhere. And it brought me to a story that Kent, or it's a story that happened, but it happened during Kennedy when Kennedy was president, the Cuban Missile Crisis, mm-hmm. right? So they made a blockade around Cuba, and Russia was sending Cuba missiles. I can't remember. I think they were nuclear missiles, but I can't remember. But they're sending them missiles, right? It might not have been nuclear. And, and Kennedy said that if they do not turn their ships around, that will be a declaration of war, and we will attack the mainland of Russia. They said if any missile is fired anywhere in the world, it will be a declaration Of war. And America will fire upon Russia. Right? Okay. So. What if? No one knows. What if? Right? We've always backed America. Why have we not went through the troubles? Because we all know how our country is. We are definitely not following God's law. We might have started that way which we had our thing about the founding fathers, how it was kind of split this and that. But in a whole, our country has been mostly founded on Christianity. Mm -hmm. Okay? So with that being said, we have definitely fallen short of how we started. We are definitely 180 going the wrong direction. But we still support Israel. So that might be our saving grace on why we haven't suffered as much as we probably should suffer, right? Like, we all can go to the grocery store, you know, even people that don't work, you have welfare, you have, I mean, the the joke is people with welfare has more food in the fridge than the working people, you know, but... I mean, compared to what I've seen in Iraq, we are actually living way above our means. Yeah. I mean, you could take, sell three quarters of everything you have, and you would still be have more stuff and more wealth than most people on the planet. That's saying a lot.
0: Not for you. You got like thirty-seven G. Okay. There.
2: If I whatever. But anyways, (coughs) you're just jealous. (laughs) Yeah, but I paid like nothing for them all. I mean, that one was given to me. I mean, come on. That one ain't even mine. I'm just fixing it for... I mean, if he buys parts, I'll fix it. But anyways. So, what if... just, Just looking at how things happen, right? So, we have... Pretty much Saudi Arabia, Great Britain, and we'll just say as far as their allies, NATO, right? Saudi Arabia and NATO say, are you guys really gonna attack Israel and take, you know defeat them and take all their stuff? But it doesn't say we we intervene, right? It just we just question them is all it says. Okay, now say if this happens and the roles are reversed. We nuke Russia and Russia nukes us. We're gone. Just, you know, that's why we're not, we're not even, we're dead. We're toast. Before all this even, even happens. Just, you know, interesting. It's
0: it's hard. We don't know. I mean, there's so much out there and. With us not being truly the epicenter of the end battle,
2: yeah, yeah, that's the thing. We're not, we're not the, we're not in, we're not the story. We're not the main character. No, we're 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 not even in the supporting cast. No, we're just that guy, that country over there. I mean, if if you think about it,
0: we're one of the we're one we're, of we're,
2: we might be part of them, and well, and it you know some of the some of the versions it says and and all their allies, it just don't name. The little guys. Or, and if you look at it, all the names are actually from Genesis 10. The table of nations. We're not part of the table of nations, so we're not mentioned. So, but it says, it doesn't say anybody comes to help them.
0: Maybe we'll eventually be South Canada. South Canada.
2: (laughs) (laughs) North Mexico. North Mexico. (coughs) South Canada. So, so... Uh. Israel's not at peace yet right okay just brainstorming okay we have the Antichrist we signed the peace agreement Israel and the Antichrist and the world signs the peace agreement maybe part of that peace agreement is hey we won't attack you but we need free commerce and free you know open undestructed or unobstructed commerce between nations you can't be having these walls and they say well okay and they take their walls down and then it opens them up for this we don't know I kind of think that it it could happen I think it happens after the rapture because the attention is on Israel not on the church All of the New Testament is on the church, right? This is prophecy from the Old Testament before the church even existed, right? And is there any prophecy that describes, I don't think there is, that explains or describes the church in the Old Testament? I mean, it obviously describes about Christ coming, but...
0: Well, and I think that, I mean, I think that kind of goes hand in hand with that. You know, Isaiah 9 talks, you know, tells us about Christ coming and that he'll be our savior and whatnot. I think that's kind of a foregone conclusion that, you know, he will have followers. As you look, and actually, if you talk think about it, when they get in the New Testament, all the the Jewish people believe that when Jesus came, that he was going to come like a military leader. And, right. And, I mean, he they, this is what they believed. The Jews right. believed. Right, so this they obviously through their traditions believe Jesus is coming. It's like,
2: almost like at the end of the tribulation, that's when for the like Jews the, Jesus is coming.
0: Yeah, it was almost like
1: that.
2: I also wrote down that just for informational purposes, this is the only chapter thirty nine. Well, we're not even all the way through it yet, um, but chapter thirty nine is the only chapter that talks about cleanup after a war. I just found that in like. Why well, mention it? Some there's something in there. You're at se, you're at verse
0: seventeen. Verse seventeen. <coughs> all right. And now, son of man, this is what the sovereign Lord says: Call all the birds and the wild animals and say to them, "Gather together from my great sacrificial feast. Come and fear." I'm, I'm sorry. And now, Son of Man, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Call all the birds and wild animals and say to them, Gather together for my great sacrificial feast. Come from far and near to the mountains of Israel, and there eat flesh and drink blood. Eat the flesh of mighty men and drink the blood of princes as though they were rams, lambs, goats, and bulls, all fattened animals from Bashan. Gorge yourself with flesh until you are... glutted drink your blood until that you are drunk this is the sacrificial feast I have prepared for you feast at my banquet table feast on horses and on charioteers on mighty men and on all kinds of valiant warriors says the sovereign Lord
2: is that not crazy he's saying hey, a- hey birds and animals of you know I
0: think it's interesting it C- that you come
2: and eat on all this devastation of Gog's army that I just devastated.
0: So if you go back, remember Genesis six talks about the, the mighty men, you know, the men of renown. Right. And then it's talking about, True. Um, I didn't catch that. And it's talking about the princes, you know, the principalities in Deuteronomy. Right. And it says that you will die like men.
2: Yeah. And it, it says, are they chariots and on, you know, comma, on mighty men and all kinds of valiant warriors.
0: This is, is this, is this the, we've talked about this before a little bit, the the, the second golden age, as we say, we where, where the, you know, we're walking with the so called gods on earth as they did, you know, prior to Noah, right? You, you, you look at the book of Enoch and we see that they, you know, the fallen angels were <coughs> giving this knowledge and these things where, you know, they, it, truly what people would call the golden age where they were they were so much change so much technology so much knowledge was given that, that we weren't supposed to have but is this is that at the end some of that the return of the nephilim is it the return it, of of those those the nephilim and their fathers the princes? right i that's interesting i just i
2: i, I mean if you, thought. if you think about it right Cause it during the so so like we said before. We don't know when this is going to happen, right? But Israel has to have no walls.
0: And it says from the land of Bashan. Right. Yeah.
2: It it says that it happens when Israel has no walls. So in the time that Ezekiel is writing this, every city has walls. That's how they protect themselves. Mm-hmm. He's never seen a city without walls. And look at us today. Kingsport has no walls. New York has no walls. California, that's in, there is no walls. The United the, States. The <laughs> United States <laughs> has partially a wall <laughs> on the southern border, but not the northern, you know. Yeah. The North, North Mexico or South Canada has no walls, (laughs) right? So, so it's almost the whole, the no walls part just in itself is foreign to Ezekiel even to mention, you know, because he's never seen it before, okay? And then, so what would prompt Israel to not, to take down its walls, you know, What would prompt you just to tear down your house? You live inside your house. Israel lives inside their walls. What would prompt you to live in a tent instead of your house? Right? Something possible. You know, I'm saying maybe the signing of that agreement from the Antichrist. Hey, we're going to be all in peace. It said that Israel was in a time of peace, mm-hmm. right? When when has Israel ever been in peace? <laughs> no, Never.
0: Not in the last two thousand years. Never. So,
2: yeah. I mean, you know, <clears throat> in the last two thousand years, Israel's only been a country since forty eight. Well, know,
0: by human standards. Yeah, I'm just I mean, saying it's always been God's. Yeah, you I'm
2: know, just saying. But, yeah, 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 you you're know, right, you're right. So. What happens in the tribulation? Who's let out of the cage to torment Earth? If, like we talked Wednesday, the whole world pretty much has an earthquake. I I watched a little documentary thing on Yellowstone. It's a giant volcano or whatever they called it. And they said it would wipe out, like, half of America, Mm -hmm. half of the United States if it went off. What happens? A third is destroyed. A third of the land burns. A third of the population dies. All these horrible things, right? But that happens during the tribulation. And then the story of Gog and Magog happens again. At the end of the millennial reign, after Christ has come down, the second the second return, right? So or the real return.
0: I mean, really, that is the true
2: <clears throat> the return of power. Yeah. he returned. He didn't first time he come as a lamb, as a sacrifice. The second time he comes oh, as a lion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. He comes as I am the angel of the lord's army.
0: True I am the covenant. commander. Yeah.
2: I am the Mac Daddy. You ain't messing with me, right? So so if you think about it, this has to happen in the tribulation era. And then that goes, well, if they're cl- if they're burning fuel of the war for 7 years, but there's only 7 years of the tribulation. Right? They're burning the fuel. You're not running scared because the Antichrist is persecuting and killing all the Jews. If you're sitting here, hey, cooking my omelets in my oven or on my stovetop using the nuclear fuel that, you know, that's left over from old Magog over, you know, Gog over here. Right? So it's almost... Is the seven years seven actual years, or is it the time frame of beginning to end of completion? hmm It's—and once again, is seven years of burning the fuel really beginning and end or seven years? You know, the completion or seven years. So, yeah. you have that kind of toss-up. <clears throat> but I don't think I want to be one of these dead guys getting eaten by all the animals.
0: No. No. Verse 21. 21. Yeah. In this way, I will demonstrate my glory to the nations. Everyone will see the punishment I have inflicted on them and the power of my fist when I strike. And from that time on, the people of Israel will know that I am the Lord, their God. The nations will then know why Israel was sent away to exile. It was a punishment for sin for they were unfaithful to their God. Therefore, I turned away from them and let their enemies destroy them. I turned my face away and punished them because of their defilement and their sins. So now, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will end the captivity of my people. I will have mercy on all of Israel, for I jealously guard my holy reputation. They will accept responsibility for their past shame and unfaithfulness after they come home to live in peace in their own land with no one to bother them. When I bring them home from the lands of their enemies, I will display my holiness among them for all the nations to see. Then my people will know that I am the Lord, their God, because I sent them away to exile and brought them home again. I will leave none of my people behind, and I will never again turn my face from them, for I will pour out my spirit upon the people of Israel. I the sovereign Lord have spoken. Interesting. That's a lot to unpack. Yeah.
2: I mean, okay, so it at twenty five my title here says the restoration of God's people. Mm-hmm. Okay. So obviously the whole Old Testament, we know, you know, they followed go. I'm sorry, God, please save us. And then they rebelled. I'm sorry, God, please save mm-hmm. us. And over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Right. <coughs> and still today, you know, we believe that Jesus Christ come down as the son of God to, to, sacrificed himself to save us from our sins except the jewish people israel wanted them to be freed of rome so they didn't accept christ as the savior they just seen him as a prophet or a crazy person right so it's almost the same in that concept of they're worshiping something else. That's not what they wanted at the time, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't, Lord. You said, you know, you said that that I have to marry one woman and live and live the rest of my life. But I mean, I mean, look at all these pretty women. I'm just gonna go over here and do my thing. Know what I mean? So you rejected God, what God said's right, to go live in sin, and it's it's practically the same thing. Jesus come down, you know, if if you truly, like the prophets and the rabbis, what were they called? Not the rabbi, well, I mean rabbis, but... Like the Pharisees. The, the Pharisees and all them. That that was their job. They studied the scriptures. They knew what the scriptures said, right? And it's kind of funny, because it, it goes, by, I was talking to Zach uh, today about it when I was doing some more research, I was like, (coughs) sorry, I was like, I mean, it's kind of like that one, like, like Justin says all the time, it's like my mic drop, you know, God sitting there on the cross, or Jesus sitting there on the cross, like, hey, you know, I mean, I read the Bible, you know, I know what it said, or the Old Testament books, I know what it said, you know, I was born in, in Bethlehem, I'm from the line of David, you know, and and I've done all these different things or said I've done all these different things, but now I'm being crucified. Now, you can't break my bones because if you break my bones, it ruins everything, (laughs) right? So, I mean, they had all the information that we have because we have the Old Testament. And if not, they had more because you know some books wasn't put in the Bible that they had at the time, like Enoch and some of the others right So they they knew the information, they just didn't want to accept the information. It's just interesting that you know, which I think you know this happens probably after the rapture because all his attentions on Israel it's just, it's kind of like, um, it's, it's almost like it's at the end during this last part when Jesus comes back and saves them. You know, it's almost like a time gap or something. I mean, I'm not sure I can't say yes or no. It's just my opinion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they're gonna, It's it says the title is restoration for God's people. And then the tribulation happens, you know, on top of it or right after. Or did they go through all this? during? Like, all this is happening during the tribulation. And then Jesus comes back and wipes them out. It's, you know, yeah. like they're being punished, you know, because that's the whole point is they're kind of being punished. And then God said, okay, enough. And then they, then Jesus comes down, wipes them out, and then the millennial reign happens. So I've, I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of, it's hard to say. It is. Because I'm no prophet.
0: <laughs> well, look at this. The So, I'm still looking here at this last section where it's talking about restoration of God's people. Right. Now, we've talked about looking at this and... Um, uh, Romans and and a couple other books where it talks kind of about God's people. It talks about it in Revelation, you know, the seal on the heads of the hundred and forty four thousand. Right. But if you go into, um, so it says right here. Uh, let's let's fit, let's go back to this verse twenty seven here. It says when I bring them home from the lands of their enemies, I will display my holiness among them for all the nations to see. So he's bringing them back, right? Right. He's he's bringing them home. There's a bunch of places throughout the bible that talk about the four winds or the four winds of heaven but one verse in particular jumps out at me when when um you when we were going through that and right here matthew 24 30 through 31 it says then will appear in heaven the sign of the son of man And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of the Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. There's, and then we have, hold on, let me see here. Mark, 13's talking about the same the same uh, Mark 13:27 and then he will send out his angel and, and gather his elect from the four winds from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. He's gathering all of his people back. Right. It, and and it, it, which it goes on and on. Zechariah talks about it. Um I Daniel mean, it, talks about the four winds. It's all over the place. I mean, the gathering
2: of his people, right? So we're all kind of under Abraham's covenant. And then Jesus' covenant that he made with us. The new know. covenant. Right, the new covenant. So we are still as Christians God's people. We're adopted in. We're not necessarily Adam or Abraham's descendants. Which I guess I mean, no, we're not really unless you're you know, you'd be Jewish or whatever if you were. So we're not Abraham's descendants but we've been grafted back into the family. Mm-hmm. So is that possibly, talk, you know, because it says when Christ returned, he brings he- all of us with him.
0: So this is interesting because last, was it two times ago, you weren't here last time we were together because last week we didn't do anything because of the snow. Right. But we were looking at um, the book of Enoch. And we started breaking that down. And it in the beginning, it starts talking about Two groups of people that God's talking about—His His His, his people—and it talks about the elect and the righteous as two separate groups. The elect, when we look at the elect through a lot of the the Bible, I truly believe that's talking about His. Uh, his nation his his like elect. Israel Israel that's what he's talking he's about He elected
2: them to be his
0: when in Deuteronomy when it talks about but he kept Israel his own import, his own portion his right his heritage his elect right that's okay. his people so the, the righteous, righteous
2: would be us because we're only righteous through him
0: yeah we're only righteous because of, of following of, after Jesus right. So I think that's a separation. When it talks about the elect, I truly think it's just talking about.
2: <coughs> just Israel the, itself. The Israel, the Jews. I mean, he, I, I el- see that. He
0: elected them. Right. That was his people. He
2: declared them as his own.
0: Where we got grafted in later. And, and, and you know, when Paul talks about it, he says, you know, basically that we got the chance to be grafted in because they stepped away. And he said, how much greater will it be when they are re-grafted in? He said, they're coming back.
2: Well, I mean, if you think about it, that's even the uh, the prodigal son
0: mm. returning. Yeah, you know, one of the many layers of that. Parable. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's it's the 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 son. He he says, you know what, Dad, I've had enough of this. You know, just give me my inheritance. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go do my own thing. He spends it all, living living sleeping with pigs, and that's even in itself because pigs were unclean to them and he's sleeping with them you know <coughs> and then he comes back and then the father throws a party because his son come back it's not oh, okay you're back cool go work with the slaves like he you know he's like well you know even my even my dad's slaves get you know treated better than I'm living now mm-hmm. I'll just go back as a slave no he took them in it's almost as if when they do come back, they'll be in better position or title, for, for lack of words, than we will be. Because they are the son. We would be just like the slave, in a sense. Like, the sl- we, we, we as a slave, you know, his slave lives better than he's living. Mm-hmm. So, we're living better than the world's living, for say you know we we get eternal life we don't have to suffer and burden um, damnation of fire yeah. forever yeah, exactly you know but yet we're not the elected ones either Mm-mm. we wasn't chosen from the beginning so when they ter- finally turned they're they're the <clears throat> we're bringing them drinks at the party <laughs> Well, all right, guys. Um, Sorry for all my babbling.
0: <laughs> no, it it's been a good one. It's been a deep dive and looking into some history as well as looking into some uh, the, the the present day and even future possibilities. And I mean, no I one just,
2: no one knows. No, I just feel like I went everywhere. But I love it. It was yeah. good.
0: It, some deep dives and and you showed me some things I've never seen before.
2: I just found some of the stuff interesting, like you know this Jerusalem seventy years. Yeah. Like, the, just, what's the odds of that? I, it almost, or what, it or, seems planned to me. You know, Well, I'm sure Trump planned it, but I'm just saying, what's or maybe he didn't. You know, what's the odds? Maybe he's just like, well, on, on this day, they declared Israel country, so I'm going to declare Jerusalem on that day, mm-hmm. not realizing it's 70 years later.
0: Well, yeah, you not know, everybody I understands mean, the symbolism of that. Yeah,
2: it's just... It's just wild and you know like you're like hey Ben you need to do something that you're interested in.
0: Yeah, guess what? It wasn't a one and done, Ben.
2: Oh man. I know. You mean, oh, that's what I showed you I can do it. So now I'm on <laughs> I'm on the hook, on the right?
0: Hook. Man. Well, thank you guys for listening and, uh and as always
2: keep digging. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Dig Bible Podcast. Don't be like a county worker. Get in that hole and dig some. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our YouTube channel.
1: See ya.